0: Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, where we take a look back at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is 1999's best, Palmer. Yes, I won that year, single-handedly. Single-handedly won 1999, yep. did you? And, and you did. You forgot to mention this is our record breaking second show. episode. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's the it's a record breaking show. Why is that? Because this is the second you're right, this is the second episode, but nobody's ever done what we've done for more than one episode. Um, that's a good point. I know. Wow. What a what a marvel of a person you are yep. to think of such things like this. No Tim or Palmer has ever hosted a pod show for more than one episode. You are that's not true. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So um so the deal with Academy Rewind, if this is your first time joining us, Palmer and I are taking a look back at the best picture winners for the Oscars. And we're going in reverse we're going in reverse order. So this year is nineteen ninety nine. Uh, and we have Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, yep. Life is Beautiful, okay. The Thin Red Line, yep. and Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. So um Palmer does not know what won best picture, and I do. So Palmer Yes I'm going to tell you What won Best Picture Was it Schindler's List It was Not that year Okay Um, That was 1994 I feel it won every movie In the 90s It is Shakespeare in Love Okay Shakespeare Schindler I can see where you were confused The S If you had your If you had a movie With the letter S in it Yes indeed Um, So Shakespeare in Love Is the Best Picture winner But that's not the one We're going to talk about first Okay Let's talk about Saving Private Ryan Okay uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Tom Hanks, Matt Damon, Tom Sizemore, and Ed Burns, and uh, Ben Affleck, and not Ben Affleck. He was in it. I'm telling you, it was Ed Burns. No, I'm telling you. I showed you the picture. That oh, is ben yeah, Affleck. that's right. Okay. Um, and writer Robert Rodat. Um, music by John Williams. I just we don't usually mention that, but I'm going to do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to mention every time John Williams does music, right? Because it, in the opening credit, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> It's always a Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> yep, which is not every year. No. So, um, so the basic story is that there is a there's a little platoon, there's a little unit in yep. World War Two, ragtag bunch of army men, army men that are sent behind enemy lines into the European theater to save uh, a man named Private Ryan because his other brothers who are also at war have all passed away, and so to spare their mother some pain. They go basically to get Private Ryan and send him home, so she still has one son left, and that's that's the movie, right? Um, what did mm-hmm. you think of this movie? Have you uh, seen it before? I oh yeah, I saw it yeah. when it came out. Um, it's good. This movie hinges on the beginning. On the D-Day invasion. On the D-Day invasion, because um, that's what it's most known for. Like if you ask anybody about this movie, no one knows that there's any movie after that. First, 30 <laughs> this is the first, this is the minutes. first, like first thirty the, minutes. It's the, it's the, the shortest movie. movie in Academy history. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think the the movie the movies the movie's very good, and it definitely but it definitely rides on the the normandy invasion yeah because it's an it's an unbelievable sequence it's so well done oh yeah um that's what got this uh, nominated i think i think it has a, i think it has a lot more going for it besides that mm-hmm. but i think that's the thing that you that's the bit of the movie that you carry with you right um and since it's the and since that's the beginning of the movie i don't think the rest of it holds up to that First half hour Yeah because the first Because that first part Is very much a war movie Well the whole movie Is very much a war movie I Yeah would but think. like That's like It's the battle Like the battle That you usually build sure. to This okay. was like We're doing that Right up front Because like even the battle Later on Towards the end mm-hmm. Is good But it It doesn't capture That hectic feeling Of war And the grittiness The like That just felt like It was about as close As I ever want to be To a battle Sure and yeah. and it does a very good job of coming across of how of how bad that was. Mm. I agree. I think the I think the cinematography in this film I I mean in in all of it but particularly at the beginning um Janusz Kamiński um mm-hmm. is the cinematographer on this film and um there's a there's a real freneticism. Like they're not afraid yeah. to get down in the sand mm-hmm. or down in the dirt or, or shake or run or anything like that. There's a real sense of maybe scope and claustrophobia at the same time. Right. Um, but I think that's felt more in that Normandy sequence than anywhere else in the film. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe, maybe that's what elevates the material. That's what elevates the rest of the movie. Um, is that, that opening sequence? Yeah. Um, so you're right cuz i mean aside from that um once you get past that the characters to me are like stereotypical army characters mm. like you got you got to have that one guy from Brooklyn and you got to yeah. have you got to have the stern mysterious captain that nobody knows what he did before the war Sure um he and, was a mermaid, and they're and they're done to relatively varying degrees. Like I think this is not one of Tom Hanks's best movies. And you mean not one of his best movies, or not one of his best performances? Uh, performances. I mean, I like the movie, um, but like I feel like this is just Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks in an army outfit carrying a gun. Yeah, you know, I I don't disagree. I think that there there are a few. I mean, excuse me. <clears throat> I think the. Tom Hanks is he's Tom Hanks is always good. Mm. Um, he's always very good. I shouldn't even say that, but I think you're right. I think this is maybe a little bit more. He's a little bit more underplayed in this film, so yeah. he feels a little bit less like a character, mm-hmm. um, and that's by the part of the nature of his character because he doesn't really give it. He doesn't give a lot of information about who he was or what he did, and so when he does finally reveal that he's a teacher um, yeah. in his previ- in his previous life, um that's um yeah so that's yeah 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 so that that's kind of that's kind of where it elevates but because you don't really know a lot about him he just kind of feels like yeah tom hanks um overall like the writing in this at times kind of faults it um like when tom hanks is talking to his group about like hey you know this is what we got to do this is, you know, so we got to do it because we're told to. And, you know, my only hope is, you know, this Ryan makes a longer lasting light bulb or something to to warrant us going and going and doing this. Like, I don't I don't quite know if a longer lasting light bulb is that big of a problem that you shouldn't mm. be sending people to their deaths. Yeah, um well I mean that's part of the argument in the movie too. Yeah. You know there are a lot of those guys who are like uncomfortable at saving one person right. when they could all die for it. But there's I think there's precedent for it in the film. Brian Christensen's yes. character talks about it, you know, yes. which is a real thing. Yes. Um if I if I remember correctly, there's actually some sort of there's actually some sort of hardship discharge that is quite that is at least more well known than like a random general going now we got to go get that guy right exactly um so but you're right i think it's all it's all it's all good but speaking of the story i mean there's a there's a lovely lovely framing device in this film um where what framing device you say i know oh it's gonna start it's gonna be a trend this uh it's gonna be a trend this year my friend oh no that was the that was the previous episode this one this was like one of the only ones Mm, are you sure about that. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right. That was the that was the first episode. No, I'm just having PTSD yeah. from I'm having <laughs> it was PTSD five streaming devices, five straight framing devices, and now this one. No, why? Because this was my because the first one I watched was my sixth framing <laughs> device. <sighs> um. So anyway, but I mean, there's a lot. So that was what I was going to say about that. So, but i oh no, the scene I was going to I was going to say like it's a war. It, there's one really great calm moment. I mean, there's a lot of good moments, but I think where they're doing the dog tags um, and all okay. the and the the private Ryan platoon is kind of like, oh, look at this guy's guy's name's weird and oh, all what yeah, like They become guy. very desensitized to what they're doing, extremely. But uh, while people who were just in a battle and are hurt are marching by, and I think, like w- going back to Tom Hanks, I think watching him being desensitized to becoming sensitive is right. really i think that's really well done and it was weird like i didn't even like you're saying while these people who are just in a battle of walking behind them listening i wasn't like i didn't even think of that part i was just thinking like these people that are walking behind knew these people that they're so callously talking about right um you're right that is a good scene and it kind of shows you like how you can Kind of divorce yourself from feelings when you're in such a hell a hellish environment mm-hmm. um, but you know the movie has some good scenes, and the movie has the really good beginning, but I think the rest of the movie always kind of struggles to be really good, yeah I mean uh, even to the even down to the music, like you mentioned John Williams he's very absent from this film yeah most, most of his score comes from goes for the quieter moments and then it's the the sound effects and design and the mixing that create a soundtrack for the battle scenes um which i really actually really liked um because it gives you a sense of it gives you a greater sense of being in the battle yeah um but you're right but if you're just talking like memorable john williams it is actually kind of and even then like there's a couple parts like the lead up to the battle at the end when they're just all sitting around the town and like mm-hmm. Matt Damon has that really good story. One of my favorite Matt parts in the team and m- that one of my favorite parts in the movie, when he's just telling the story about his brother sure. with the girl and he's like, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. you know, she was a, she was an ugly looking woman. He's telling that story. Everyone's kind of like preparing themselves for what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And even then, like that would have been a really good point for a really good John Williams piece. But instead they use an Edith, uh, Edith Pilaf song. Sure. Um. So, like, he doesn't have much to do. Hmm, maybe he was on vacation that year. I think so. So, um, so, so yeah. That's it. Was it was good. Um. No, but, uh, not one of, not one of the pinnacle Spielberg movies. Yeah, I, I, you know, and a lot of people I think would disagree with us. Here, probably because i know a a lot a lot of people love this movie and i'm not saying that it's not a good movie it's in fact a very great movie but um i think i think it's just it's not an evenly great movie yeah Um, one one thing i would like to mention mm -hmm. is like we we designed kind of our own restrictions as to what to look for in these movies that's right and i've i've told you off the air before, like there are movies that I didn't like that I've scored higher than I probably would have if I just went by sheer uh likability of the movie. So I think this movie, people love Tom Hanks. Sure. People love Steven Spielberg. People love Ed Burns. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Ben Paul, Affleck. Paul Giamatti. Matt Ben Affleck is not in this movie. Yes, he is. I showed you the picture. Even if he was an extra in one in one clip of I, anything he, that doesn't count. You cannot say that this is a Ben Affleck movie. I didn't say he stopped started. Stop saying it. it. Stop trying to make Ben Affleck happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I didn't happen. say he started it. Um so people like everything involved in this movie. So they I think they kind of think in their minds that they love the movie, but we've taken a very analytical approach to these movies. Agreed. Okay. That's a good way. Yeah. So um you know, we're we're looking for we're scoring, even though we're not saying it on it. We're scoring specific we're scoring specific right. things, and also we're scoring it against the other competition, right? And I mean, like, so th- these are already and, and again, this movie didn't win Best Picture, right? So like we're we're saying this is probably one of the best movies of the year, but what do we think about but it's it not compared not to the this? best movie of the year? Maybe right. who knows? Who knows? Well, I mean. Based on our conversation, I think people can infer yeah, that. Yeah, but song. I could hate the next four movies. This is also true. Elizabeth Speaking of which directed by Shakar Kapoor, starring Kate Blanchett, Jeffrey Rush, Christopher Eccleston, Joseph Fiennes, Richard Attenborough. And Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's not in this movie. Okay, Daniel he's Craig is not in, this, in this, movie. this movie. Daniel Craig is in this movie. Um Written by Michael Hurst. Yes, uh, the story is the the story is that it's the very beginning of Elizabeth I's um, ascension to the throne. Mm-hmm. Mary has gone crazy and crazy and and then died and then died, and so Elizabeth ascends to the throne. And it's basically about her very early political, um, her very er- early learning the ropes of of the throne and the politics until she eventually becomes elizabeth the virgin queen as everyone really knows and remembers her right um so that's the story i think that i think the story is really i think the story is very good i think it gives you i think if you don't know anything about um, European politics at this time it gives you enough information that you understand what's happening mm-hmm. um, and I think that Kate Blanchett it does um, does Elizabeth um, a great service by showing a very natural progression from the start of the film to the end of the film okay I, I kind of see what you're saying and I would um I would say that you are 100% correct and all the things you're wrong in. Um, I feel... it's a very confusing way to I know, say that. I know. It's what I'm good at. Um, the biggest flaw in this movie for me is the writing. Um, because I, f- I never feel caught up with what's going on. Mm. And I go into this not knowing a thing about Elizabeth. Sure. I knew she was a queen. I knew kind of the the circumstances of her of her reign. That's true. And you know what, I'm naturally a very intelligent person, so and I knew a lot about this going into it. Right. So. so I feel this movie doesn't do a good job <laughs> at keeping you up to date with what's going on. That every time you kind of get to where they want you to be they throw for one the... scene, sure. they go they go four scenes ahead. Sure. So you're always playing catch up. Okay, now that could be it could be said that that was on purpose because um Elizabeth is also playing catch up and if she's your entry character like mm-hmm. every movie has an entry character the one that yeah. you're that knows the least that is the audience member that you are watching the film through their eyes so um so Elizabeth is that entry character right you mm-hmm. don't she she is learning the ropes as you are learning the ropes with her yep. and so your state of confusion mirrors her state of confusion so by the end of the film arguably you shouldn't be very confused anymore okay um e- even if but you want to some, uh, some to an extent but you're not say like confused as to why she's cutting off her hair and like putting on a big dress and like you're not confused about that right like she just kind of went crazy no that's not that's not it I'm pretty sure it is. it's not it's all about uh, pageantry and you know she's a she's a woman in as is said in another film, she's a woman in a man's job. Right. So she has to elevate herself to be respected, and sometimes the the pageantry and the costumery is her way of doing that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Kate Blanchett. I think she's really good in this. Mm-hmm. I think a bunch of the actors are good. Um, I think the 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 music is. Overwhelming at times Music is really overwhelming at times Uh, It doesn't It feels like David Hirschfelder is the composer On this Mm -hmm. and it feels a lot like um, I can An older historical epic where the music is very overwhelming and it's all about overwhelming the audience, but not maybe matching the exact tone Mm -hmm. of what's happening in the scene. For instance, so like Daniel Craig plays a priest, a Catholic priest, and he's like coming aboard like the shore on a boat, and it's like and you're like, okay, it's not not necessary right now. Not the time for this. Yeah, not the time. Um, So, but that's but I think some of it, I mean, some of it works. I mean, like the last song really works for her ascension to the, like her ascension to the throne and stuff like that. But, but, but a lot of it is a lot of it is a lot of it. A lot of it doesn't. Yeah. I think it could work on its own or in a concert or something like that. But I think that it doesn't exactly, it matches the tone of the film, but, but not the scale, not the, maybe not the scale of the film in a weird way. Yeah. Um, so but I mean like the the production design on this film is I mean freaking incredible like yeah. um they were filming really on location for a lot of stuff even if it wasn't the exact castle or whatever at least you got a sense that like those stones were real and that echo is real yeah. and you know that the dampness and they kind was, of they kind there. of make it work. Yeah, absolutely. And they kind of hold it in and make it work. Um yeah, I mean like I said the, the, this movie could have been really good for me, if the if the writing didn't always try and stay five steps ahead of you. It's mm, a good point. What about the costumes, if, though? I mean, you got oh, to give it for the costumes. Yeah, they were amazing. I mean, it's a period piece. So if you well, do if you do a bad job on the costumes, you're not getting nominated. This is true, but I mean, technically, anything that takes doesn't take place in the modern day is a period piece, right? But the further back you go, the it's kind of sitting in the sweet spot of period pieces right because if you go too far back then they're just in you know frocks right Right. but if you're not far enough back say like World War II you're just in army gear yeah you're just in slightly old clothes yeah so um, this is sitting at like a like a dream playground kind of level of like I get to do this giant dress and this all dress color right this dress took me four months to make because right. i did it all by hand yes working 20 hours a day until my fingers bled right. it's that kind of film yep. um that's where all the budget went it, it very potentially or to the cast i mean in it's got a. I mentioned it before i mean it, this film: Kate blanchett jeffrey rush yeah you know richard richard, ray richard attenborough ray Fiennes. these are not People, jo, Joseph Fiennes, not Ray Fiennes. Oh, sorry, um, Joseph Fiennes, These yeah. are not people to. Well, I mean, scoff at. To be fair, they, they kind of got their money's worth because it's the same cast for um, Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love. Love. So they're essentially just filming two movies. They got Joseph Fiennes and just the two of them. It's just Joseph Fiennes and Jeremy I know, Rush. but I like in my mind it's the entire cast. It is. It is a lot of them. Yeah, like Emily Mortimer is actually just Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh Emily Moore was in this movie. That's right. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. From uh Lots of things. Newsroom. Newsroom. Uh, Thank newsroom you. Newsroom is what you were thinking of. I will always Rock. reference newsroom. So the whenever people, yeah, I'm fair. trying to think of where someone's from, it's newsroom. Yeah. Um so, <laughs> okay. Like uh um, Daniel Craig from uh Newsroom. Newsroom, newsroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> newsroom. There we go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not James Bond or Road to Perdition, yeah. or Laird Cake. He's in Road New- to Perdition? Yeah, he's the he's Rooney's son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wait, he's Tom Hanks's son? No, that's um um Rooney is the um Paul Newman. Ah, uh, I shouldn't have fell asleep during that movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I would recommend not Well, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to watch it, so. <laughs> uh we definitely are. Yeah. Okay, so next film, Life is Beautiful directed by Roberto Benigni, starring Roberto Benigni and Nicoletta Brasci, written by Vincenzo Sarini and Roberto Benigni. God, this movie was horrible. I loved this movie. (laughs) No. Get out of my house. This movie was this movie was beautiful. Because life is beautiful. This movie was so over the top. It's supposed to be. Not with this, not with this kind of story. So the story is that there's this there's this lovely man who everyone in the world loves. uh, Except for Palmer, because he's dead inside. Um, Roberto Benini, he's just this, he's just moron. a little, he is kind of a little bit of a moron actually, but, um, <laughs> he's just, you know, this very, very optimistic man living in, living in Italy in the thirties and he goes and the first half of the movie is split between him, like meeting, acting like me- an idiot. Meeting, kind of acting like an idiot and meeting his wife and fall and they fall in love and it's just very cutesy, almost romantic Nauseous. romantic story. Okay. Uh romantic comedy esque, like slapstick, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And the second half of the film is uh there are seeds are planted in the first half, but the second half is about um um Nazi occupied Italy and um and and he and he uh, uh and now his son are Jews so they're taken away and they're in an internment camp and it's about him hiding his son in the internment camp and trying to get his son to think that they're playing a big big game Um, and so that his son doesn't actually understand the horrors of everything that is happening around them. Now I will say I get why you don't like this movie apart from the fact that you're dead inside because um, uh, it deals with a very sensitive subject matter and because the first movie is kind, of, the first part of the movie is kind of slapstick. It, you could feel like it's being disrespectful, yes. in some ways. Yes. But but see, but then I disagree with that because there are there are spoofs and parodies, which this is not. It's it's not a spoof or a parody. But there are stuff stuff like that about sensitive subject matters going back decades, right? And there's something to be said like. Like it is, it is such a tough thing to do that if it's done really well, you can commend someone for. Like Mel Brooks did a movie, uh, "To Be or Not to Be," mm-hmm. uh, about Jews uh, during the during Nazi-occupied Germany. Okay, and and that and like that's done really well. And when it's not done really well, it's an absolute train wreck. And that's what I feel this movie does. It yeah. doesn't do. What it tries to do well, like he's just he is just so over the top that like five minutes into it, I'm already done with him. Okay, so so five minutes into the movie, it still has has at that point has absolutely nothing to do with um nazi occupied italy right No, at that point it's just him i dislike so you just don't like him you just don't like his style of comedy you don't like his optimism yeah you don't look you don't like the the way he looks at the world as a man filled with wonder and joy exactly so you just hate the world is a horrible thing so you just hate people who are happy yep yeah see that's why i know you didn't like this movie so him and pharrell williams pharrell williams isn't, yeah, the guy who sang the song "Happy" because I'm happy. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Wow. laughs> Thanks for killing my joke. You're welcome. And well, you, well, you <laughs> killed my love for this movie. Not true. I love this movie yeah. because life is beautiful. I mean, it looks good. I think. It, I mean, it does look good. I think it's it's a foreign film, yes. so it's and so it's on location in Italy, and it's I think it's impossible to make Italy look bad. Um, not necessarily. It made, what do you mean not necessarily? Give well, me a mean, movie that makes Italy look bad. Godfather. It's not filmed, it's not doesn't take place in Italy. There's a part in Sicily. Yes, though looks good. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I think you're you're full of it. Um But I think I I think I think the whole movie plays off well together. I think the movie I think the 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 music is gorgeous and it plays it plays off of the, the horror of what's happening later in the movie very nicely. um, And I think that it's not trying to, it's the movie's not making a statement about, about Judaism or the Holocaust or anything like that. It's making, it's making statements about family and optimism and life and like, and it's using that as a backdrop. So I think maybe you're, you're looking at the film differently um, and from a different perspective than you should yeah like you're not like you're because like we're, we like most of these films are, are his most of these films are hist- historically minded yeah right um are they all historically minded now that i think about it yes, yes they're yeah every yeah, single you got two war movies two elizabeth movies and this one yeah which is technically in its own way a war movie right um because it takes place during one so so, but this so where the other ones want you to focus on, maybe it's almost like saying like you're focusing, you're looking at Shakespeare and Love to make like um, definitive statements about the. Mm, no, maybe that's not. I can't. Th- I can't think of a good example right now. But, but I, I, you're just kind of you're you're looking at the film from the from a wrong angle because the other films in this category want you to look at the film from certain angles. Right. So like you're looking so you're not watching Save it Private Ryan to for the um you know the maybe the the morality of killing Nazis. Right. You know, and it would be silly of you to do that because that's not the point of the movie. They don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. The Nazis in a lot of ways are the unseen enemy in that film. Like even like in the Normandy sequence, like you don't see them, you see the guns. You know, um, and so I think you're kind of you're 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 focused in a in, in a different area. This movie is trying to tell you to no matter. So, like, if you took them out of the Holocaust and you put them in another terrible setting, it's trying to teach you a lesson about life, not about the Holocaust. Yeah, I I get the lessons it's trying to teach, but like, but you don't the, like them. Because the biggest problem in this movie is always centered around. Benigni. like the beginning of the movie because he's the star he's of film. just too off the wall for me he's too all over the place he he, he doesn't seem to fit the film he doesn't fit beginning. his own movie right. but that's but i think that's the point is that he he is he stands out from everybody else where and, everybody else is this like go through life ordinary joe whatever and he is supposed to be this little shining star and nothing he does except for the very end nothing he does ever has consequences sure that i would agree with like they like they trash that car and they, then just leave it they trash the car leave it he you know he tries to pass himself off as a person in the government a a yep. dictator government like a a dictatorship a dictatorship Um, nothing nothing happens there even like when they get to the internment camp and like he goes and uses the radio and is like hey here's the standings of the game we're all in like no he would have been shot Mm. like the movie is just too out there for a movie that also at some point tries to ground itself in reality. It tries to ground itself into the reality of the internment camp. And it becomes a movie that it can't do that after it's already blown reality out of the water. See, I don't think it tries that hard to to give you a kind of a reality at the internment camp, though. I think there's like some underlying, I think there's an underlying nature to it. But I don't think, I don't think it's tr- i don't think it's trying that hard i think that we take the holocaust as a very serious subject no matter what right. and so like and so where we are coming we're coming into that film with that in mind and it's very hard to break out of that you know, we could take World War Two. We could we could look at maybe World War Two as a as a right. joke in some way. You know, like you can see you can see stuff from World War Two as a spoof, um, or even stuff relating to like springtime, like in the producers this springtime t- yep. for Hitler, which they don't talk about the Holocaust in it. But I mean, like you mentioned, not like it's all associated together, right? Um, but individualized, the Holocaust is not something we joke about. Yeah, um, and e- even though we don't like most people in our age group or like don't know people who were affected by it. Um, but that doesn't, but if somebody makes a Holocaust joke, everyone goes, goes, Ooh, but no, it's it's not cool. You know, it's just, it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing. And, um, I don't think this movie is making the movie's not making jokes about the Holocaust. It's trying to say that even in, even under insurmountable, insurmountable pressure and terror, you can still find happiness and joy in something. Yeah, which I can't. Yeah, well, that's why I hate you. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, I don't really hate you. You know that, right? Sure you don't. No, I really don't. Why would I hate you? Pro- even, though, even though you just hate on my movie. Well, because it's a bad movie. I disagree with you. I think it's a great movie. Fun fact, that should not have won should not have won anything ever. Well, Roberto Benigni won best actor. Yeah. Which and I, then he made a complete ass out of himself. Yeah, that I don't disagree with. <laughs> However, I'm still glad he won. All right, continue. Um, the Thin Red Line, directed by Terrence Malick, starring Hold on, I got to warm myself up for this. <laughs> Are we ready? Yep. Jim Caviezel, Sean Penn, Nick Nolte, Elias Koteas, John Cusack, Adrian Brody, John C. Riley, Woody Harrelson, Miranda Otto, Jared Leto, John Travolta, George Clooney, Nick Stahl, and Thomas Jane, and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's not in this movie. God damn it! Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you did this intentionally. I like picked a, I picked movies from the past that Ben Affleck is not in. You followed up *Life Is Beautiful* with uh, *Thin Red Line* yeah i did do this intentionally i think um so at because, the beginning because you have to be like it's not as <laughs> life is beautiful <laughs> as a better movie <laughs> um ha goes to show how little you know me so on top of all my sheets i write down uh the time the, how The runtime of each movie. Okay. And for this one, I didn't even put a runtime. I just write put the infin- too long. Did you write the infinity symbol? I did. <laughs> because that's how it felt. It just goes forever. For the love of God, Terrence Malick, can you make a movie that, even if it's three hours, only feels three hours? Terrence Malick is incapable of making a movie that is, A, under three hours, and B, a movie that feels any less than infinity. <laughs> now, that being said... Yep. He always makes really good-looking oh, movies. Oh, they look gorgeous. They're so good-looking, Yeah, but he is so uninterested in narrative. In anything else. He's uninterested in the narrative. I actually just read a review for his new movie um, uh, with, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's got Michael Fassbender in it. And, right, right, with Rooney Mara. Yeah, yeah. and, and the, the, that review was like, he. It's, it's a little bit more of a return to form for him. But again, he is still uninterested in movies that about narrative. It's a return to form. Oh man, it's four hours, isn't it? Oh yes. yes. Um so yeah, visually this movie looks awesome. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, um, um on location, Jack Fisk, the production designer, John Tolles, the cinematographer. And we are talking gorgeous shots of well, Australia, but it, sh- it was supposed to be Vietnam because <laughs> right. the story is something about Vietnam. No, it's World War Two.
1: It's w- the- World War Two, not Vietnam. Yeah, it's, yeah, the yeah. it's the Pacific. It's the Pacific
0: theater. You're right. I am sorry. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um it's about a campaign. It's about the the pretty much one of the first campaigns in the Pacific Theater. They gotta take a they gotta they gotta take this land on they gotta take this land on the islands mm-hmm. um to, to gain foothold moving forward towards Japan. Um, that's the that's the basic concept of the story, but we're looking at an analysis of for a, a beautiful landscape. A beautiful landscape. For a movie called The Thin Red Line, there's not there's, a through line. There's not there's no thin, there's no red, there's no line. Well, the movie starts with Jim Caviezel's character who's, like, run away, basically. Um, And he's on this island. And they're like, you got to come back. And he's like, fine. Um, And then we kind of ditch his character. And then we see other – we see, like, groups of all these other characters. Hence, all these people who I see starring in this movie. Most of whom were not super famous yet. So, I mean, some of them were. But Jim Jim Caviezel really wasn't. Nick Nolte and Sean Penn, obviously where yeah. John Cusack was, but Adrian Brody wasn't. Um, Christopher Maloney wasn't. Christopher Maloney's in this movie. That's right. Jared Leto really wasn't. Um, Nick Stahl, Thomas Jane, um, John C. Riley, to an yeah. extent. Like they're just like they're not quite. They're not. They're not quite there yet. Right. Um. They're just. Get, they're getting there, and so it's a great who's who of really what could be really powerful acting. Right. And we don't really. And you have a director that does not care in the slightest. Right now, it, it the films it does have a testament though that the, they can all basically hold their own against a director who doesn't really necessarily care about performance that way, um, right. be, or 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 a story that way, because whatever very little material they're given, they're still strong in what they're delivering. Yes, but it's but so but it's, strong for a movie that doesn't care about its characters. Yeah, and I think. Uh, like the the one word Terrence Malick has to learn is cut mm. because the problem with this movie isn't that it doesn't look good because we said it looks gorgeous and isn't that it might not have a good script. It might. But because there's such stretchiness of the material in between the visual shots, like the scenes are just too long. Mm. They're see actually the the stuff where we 're actually just looking at the islands and nature and like those are my fa- those are my favorite scenes oh absolutely, but the problem with that is you're filling in this movie with all of this that you're forgetting you're forgetting the the crux of the movie like you're mm-hmm. forgetting so you're you're going periods at a time without any story being told agreed and then you so you lose the story. Um, but that being said, like, like, I really like Nick Nolte in this. Nick Nolte, I thought did one of his best jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, like Sean Penn is good. Yep. Not great. I don't think, I don't really feel like everyone, I don't really feel like anyone else really has. Well, I mean, I I I mentioned all these people, but not all of them have a lot to do. I think George Clooney's in maybe two minutes of the movie. Yeah, because she's at some other camp, right? Um, and that's that's one of the problems with huge ensemble pieces, is it tends to be like everyone come in for your scene and now go away. Yeah, mm, that's a that's a good point. But I mean, I think we can agree that that all of that's weak. However, but the music in this film is very strong. This is this is Hans Zimmer at his nineties finest. Yeah late 90s early 2000s Hans is just the best um before his big organ drum days right Um, this is his um gladiator lion king prince of Egypt heyday uh yeah that I would say that's his heyday although I don't feel like this I don't feel like this is a particularly great example um there's one song in particular and i I can't for the life of me think of how it goes right now but when they're kind of destroying one camp there's a piece of music in there that is used for a lot of different things continually now and I think right stuff like that but I, I there's a i I really liked it I think it I think it goes really well with what Malik was going for um even if you Which can't, was just a nature documentary with music, kind of a nature documentary with with the with the army in their indigenous environment. Yeah, um, and then, but, but I think, but I think it all because the the film is so interested in what you're getting emotionally out of out of your visual out of out of out of, out of your visuals. Mm-hmm. The music plays a big part in that, and I think that's where it really shines. I mean, it really shines there. Yeah, I mean, I can I can agree with that. Um, I just like there's that it's weird because, like, you can pick out why movies get nominated, like, even if you don't like the movie, sure. Um, this gets nominated because of the visuals, because of the music, you know. Life is Beautiful gets nominated because somebody paid the academy money, mm-hmm. um, but. Like, this never has a real shot of winning. No, it doesn't. Because it's not a complete film. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, So let's move on to our last film. Last film already? Yeah. No. Go us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's been like 40 minutes. Really? Yeah. Okay. What's the last movie? Okay. Last movie, Shakespeare in Love. Oh, he was so in love. He was so in love. Directed by John Madden, written by Mark Norman and Tom Stoppard. Uh, starring Gwyneth Paltrow, Joseph Fiennes, Jeffrey the Rush, Tom Wilkinson, Simon Callow, Judy Dench, Shamil Dastan, Colin Firth, Mark Williams, and Ben Affleck. Yes. Yes. Best part of this movie. Hands down, Ben Affleck. He's actually really he's yeah. actually really great in this movie. He is. I really like when he comes in and, and he asks a bunch of questions it about. Uh, it's about these two people. What's it called? Mercutio. Yeah. What do you want me to play? Mercutio. Good title good title i will play (laughs) like (laughs) i would play him yeah i i also like how later on he's like you know this probably shouldn't be called mercutio yeah because it's not really about me (laughs) and i'm okay with it right because Uh, i'm getting paid that's right also because the transforming power of love is helping everybody well yes okay so the story yes is um, Shakespeare's writing Romeo and Juliet, sort of Shakespeare is writing Romeo and Ethel, the pirate's daughter. Yeah. And because he is kind of in a rut, he, he has lost all his mojo and he's not really sure where to go, but the film, but the, but the play has to go up. And so, because back, you know, financiers are getting anxious and all of this stuff, Jeffrey Rush is getting anxious and every, all this is going down. So the, so the movie is about the you know, him, basically writing Romeo and Juliet as this new romance is blossoming in his life. Forbidden romance. 22. Forbidden romance is yep. blossoming in his life because with Paltrow, uh, is a is a, is a wealthy woman who is who is being signed off to marry the evil Colin Firth. Yep, the mustache twirling. He does have a mustache too. He does. It's like it's all about the twirl and uh, and there and so they secretly engage in this romance where she's pretending to be a boy. So she can be in the play too. And it's all very fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is, it is such a, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun light movie that you have. And it's tough at times not to compare this to Elizabeth, seeing as how it takes place right around the same time. And you have obviously Queen Elizabeth in both movies. Um, but it's funny, like Lord Wessex is the person that Gwyneth Paltrow is supposed to marry. And I can't remember, but doesn't Wessex show up in Elizabeth? I don't think so. Huh. Um, Who are you thinking of in Elizabeth? Somebody named Wessex. I'm almost positive that somebody named Wessex. I mean, Elizabeth. it could be his father, the Earl of Wessex, or his <laughs> grandfather at that <laughs> or point. Or him. It's not Colin Firth, I promise you. It could be. You don't know. No, I'm pretty sure it's not. not. I watched the movie. It's yeah. Not. Um. So. Uh. So like the acting. What did you What did you think about the acting? I think I think everybody. I think everybody's a real character, and I think yeah. that's where this movie. I think that's what you know. I'm not like. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm watching Joseph Fiennes or Quinneth Paltrow or Ben Affleck or Colin Firth or Jeffrey Rush or Tom Wilkinson or Judy Dench or Milda Stanton or Simon Callow. I am actually watching characters and i'm right. watching them be i'm watching elizabeth the first on screen be kind of charming and funny and full of power and i'm watching lord wessex be evil and kind of comic like kind of comically evil comically evil yep. And this movie doesn't take itself too seriously and then it kind of tricks you into taking itself seriously yeah um, um I, I I see what you're saying. There are times, there are times that uh, um, like the movie kind of goes back and forth between really light and then very, like, serious romantic, mm-hmm. not just not just a romantic comedy. Um, right. Well, I think the movie uh, the movie is strong because it is it parallels it parallels itself nicely with Romeo and Juliet yes. and, and the writing of Romeo and Juliet in this film, but then it subverts your expectations because it like feels just like this fun, romantic comedy. And then at the end of the day, Judy Dench as as Elizabeth first is like, you're a married woman. Sorry. Yeah. Like you, you could have got it out of this, even though everyone said you couldn't. Right. Um, but, so that's the choice you made, so that's what you have to go with yeah, you have to these are, you have to live by your choices, yep y- um, you have to go and you know love is denied, so go on a journey, you have to go to the new world, and while you do that, Shakespeare, write a play that parallels your next adventure <laughs> um which is which is all it's all fun i I like that I like that subversion, um. But I also but I mean, apart from even just that storytelling, the costumes are like Elizabeth the First are oh, just Elizabeth are spectacular. It's that like I spent four months on this dress kind of yes, cost you know, kind absolutely. of costumes. I think the I think um I think the sixteenth century London that they create sixteenth century, yeah. Oh London that they create is marvelous. Um you know cuz it's i mean it's set so you know they're not going to the real place and be like oh yeah all the straw and chickens are still here like right. no, they're not um, it's all set and, but it it, fe- it feels and it looks feels real. real yeah and it feels real and unlike times like it it does well showing the the kind of world this is without going over the top. Mm-hmm. And it might mean it it's a little less realistic than it actually should be. Sure. But it feels like it's realistic. It I feels mean, like it fits into the I don't want realism time. in all of my movies though. Yeah. If the movie's presenting to me a hyper reality, fine. Yeah. You just have to you have to play with the rules that you've created and and it does but the the genius of it the hyper reality movie like the romantic comedies type of film usually ends happily and right. that's where it's, it gets subverted here it like smacks you in the face with reality yeah when you when you don't expect it um and that's that's what I really that's what I really like about it I mean even when it comes down to like it's just little things like how much the audience is riveted by Romeo and Juliet when it's happening. Yeah, and she's like, "Where is my Romeo?" And someone from the Dead. audience goes, "Dead." It's her. Uh, it's her it, nurse. It's her nurse. Yeah, yeah. Milda Staunton, yeah, um, who is um, Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter? People who don't know who Milda Staunton is now. You now you people are gonna hate her. I can't hate her in this movie. She's so funny. Oh, yeah, a she's... non-good nurse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She sits in the rocking chair like, while they're having sex. She's, like, furiously sweating, <laughs> yep. trying to rock faster to, like, hide the rocking of the... Right. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so, she so funny. Um, She's so good. She's great. Mr. Carson from Downton Abbey is really good in this. Yes, he is. Well, what's it about? Oh, well, you see, it's about this nurse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I like that even at the end, of, like, because she ends up having to play Juliet in the film, which is, like, a, a girl's on the stage, you know, right. and... Plus, playing the title character at that point, I think that well, she was originally going to play Romeo, right? But because um, I don't want to spoil for people who haven't seen it, but you know, like, but I like that the goodbye, um, the goodbye of Romeo and Juliet is like the goodbye for Romeo and yeah. Viola, and I, I mean, um, William and Viola. Yeah, I, I, I just, I think. A good movie has everything that plays together well, and this movie, this, the best picture is literally all the sum of their parts acting in perfect tandem together to form the best right movie. And this is exactly what this does. It, not everything, like the cinematography in this film, is not as good as say the Thin Red Line, right? But, but everything works so well in tandem to one another that it becomes the best picture. Every piece complements. Right. Like I can, I can kind of see. I see why the Academy would choose this. Right. And you are you saying you wouldn't choose it? Because let's say the best picture goes to... Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Made it sound like it wasn't I know. Shakespeare well, and Love. Well, look, if they know which one I think is the best one off the bat, they won't listen to the rest of the show. It's called teasing in suspense. Wow. That's kind of rude. Like they're not going to listen to what, my opinion, just no, yours. Yeah. Well, whatever. You can find us um, on Stop. Gmail and Twitter at Academy Rewind. Uh, you can you can join our Patreon. And give us something as little as a dollar a month under the Thought Bubble audio banner to help keep the lights on for our other shows. Be with Geek, Supergirl, TV Talk, and The Marketers Next Door. Um, anything else you'd like to add? I don't think so. They could leave us some reviews. You can leave us some reviews on iTunes. You can also find us on any other places that podcast can't be found. But, Palmer, it sounds like the music is playing. No, I, I still have so many more people to thank. Nope, too bad. See you later. Bye. Bye. Do, 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 do. Mr. Sandman. Yes. Bring, bring me a, a dream. dream. Boom, 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 boom. I like how we didn't even like have that even remotely close to rhythm. And then you just went into Mr. Sandman. That. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yep. <laughs> all right. Anyway, hi and welcome to Beer with Keith. Wow. <laughs> beer with Academy Rewind. Uh, all right, here we go again.